friends to lovers, to kisses and cuddles, we are doing it God's way. This, this is Stronger Together, Closer to God. Hey, everybody. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Stronger Together, Closer to God. This is Minister Vernon, and I'm here with the wonderful, the talented, the lovely, just vivacious, out of sight, out, ooh, just gorgeous. It just gets longer and longer every week, doesn't it? Yes, it, it does, because you evangelist on your mind. But I love it. I love it, too, and I love you, too. <laughs> and I love you, too. <laughs> Welcome to Think About It Thursdays. This is our exciting episode, as always, that yes. we have started. God had put in our hearts to just start this this month. And Think About It Thursdays is just really getting some of our, our friends, our families, our loved ones, special guests to come in, and we just talk about the topic, and all through month of March, we have been focusing on just taking care of your temple, God's temple, which is our bodies and how critical that is. And so we're just so excited to have our special guest here tonight. But before we do that, anything you want to share? I'm about to burst. I've been waiting for this segment all month. So this young lady is near and dear to our hearts, my heart, especially. So I've been practicing this for a while. I just had to think real deep because she's family. And okay, let me let me see if I can get it right. So this young lady is my sister's sister-in-law, sister-in-law. So my sister is married to this young lady's. No, I had it, had it. Anyway, yeah. So my sister is. My sister's sister-in-law is, I forget it. I, I had it. I had it. I had it down pat. You were family. Anyhow, she's family. And uh, yeah, she, my sister, my sister's sister-in-law, sister-in-law. So my sister's sister-in-law is married to this young lady's brother. There it is. I knew I was going to get it. I knew Yay. I was going to get it. <laughs> I'm just going to share a little bit about her, but I want her to tell us more about herself because she is a phenomenal young lady. I've known her for years. It feels like, I feel like almost like, you know how you feel like that, that older aunt, that mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how I feel towards her. Um, Princess Akima's interest in health and nutrition began when she was 26 years old, ladies and gentlemen, and was diagnosed with high blood pressure. In the previous year, she lost her mother to liver disease. It was from that point in her life that she realized that she was too young to face a life of chronic and life-threatening diseases. During this time, Akima focused on optimizing her health by educating herself. After experiencing healing in her own body, she discovered that the holistic health, nutrition, and self-care that she models in her own life can help educate others to optimize their health as well. She combined her experience and education into a career as a certified, ladies and gentlemen, health, <laughs> holistic health practitioner. Without further ado. And I want to add to this. She she is representing our 50th podcast. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> we started this a year ago. A year, a year ago. ago. So this is extra special because this is our 50th podcast praise god god praise is good god. yeah he's good and he knew exactly who to put on this podcast this very episode so without further so no no pressure that's what i heard no pressure no, pressure. no, no pressure. Not at all not at all <laughs> um, well first i want to thank both of you all for having me on um i love what i do i mean i for anyone listening to this intro, you know, you'll hear, you know, disease, you'll hear about grief and loss. And I know those things, they're heavy, they're hard to hear, they're hard to walk through. But I can also say, and what I'll add to the introduction that you all provided is that they've been the propeller and really the um the 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 push behind, you know, some days you're tired, some days you don't feel like it. Some days you're just like you want to give up. But when you remember why you started a thing, it really helps you to sustain and to keep going. And so I think that's the thing that I add, you know, the, the, the practice, the work, all of the special clients that come into the office and even all of my virtual clients as well. I don't want to negate them. Um, this is a way for me to honor my mother's memory and really to honor and really teach people that these bodies that have been given to us, that we are stewarding for our lifetime, 
they have been created and designed to heal. So yeah, that's what I'll add. I love this. Y'all, y'all are in for, I'm going to try to make it, we're letting the Lord lead us, but I mean, I already know we're going to have to have you come back on (laughs) already. Um, Yeah, it's just, wow. You just have so much knowledge and so much wisdom. And that is so true to what you just said. You know, pain is, there's purpose for our pain, you know, and a lot of times I think we get stuck in that why me or why did it have to happen to me? And I, I, I'll be honest, I'll be transparent. I was one of those people until I realized that, you know, the adversity that was going on in my life wasn't for me per se, but it was to help somebody else. And not only that, I've, I've, bring, I've gained so much strength from the adversity that has gone on. So I love what you said. It is heavy. You have you mm-hmm. walked through some some very heavy things at a very young age, um, and I, I learned something new. I didn't know that you were diagnosed with um, hypertension at at twenty six. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, so you you've told us a little bit about yourself, and I know we have touched on a little bit about um, how did you become passionate about health. But if you can just kind of go into that a little bit more. Oh, absolutely. And I think I'll just expand upon the the story. So when I was about 21, 22, and I was still in undergrad, super senior status, um, my mom had started to get sick. And I was so super distracted at school, um, failed a lot of classes, you know, talk about all of our failures and our struggles. I I couldn't focus. And so I remember I came home. I was like, I can't stay down here. I'm I'm coming back home. I want to be with my mom. Um, two years after coming back home, she made her transition. And I was just so grateful that I took that time to come home to be with her, even if it was a lot of it was shuffling her back and forth to um, doctor's appointments, picking up prescriptions, being by her side, you know, until, you know, her last breath. Um, but the 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 thing that really got me kind of going with this is, and I've learned, you know, since her transition, a year after her passing, for me to get diagnosed with high blood pressure And the conversation was all around like my ethnicity, you know, when speaking with health professionals, it was like, oh, you're African-American, you're predisposed, you know, you're, you're, it's like, you're bound to deal with this. We can get you on medication. And again, this is not an anti-medication stream of conversation, but a year prior, my mom, when she was making her transition, she fell into what they called a medically induced coma. For anyone who's dealing with liver disease, um, part of your liver's job, it has tons of things that it does, right? But two major things is it helps to remove toxins out of the body and it helps to clean and filter your blood and blood is healing to the body. When your liver is failing, those two functions are being impaired. And then when medication was being, you know, piled on, piled on, the body couldn't filter out the residue, you know, the things that the body didn't need. And so it was circling through her bloodstream and it put her in, she fell into a coma, started having um, seizures and she never came back from that. So of course, a year later when it's like, oh, would you be interested in a high blood pressure medication? I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> and it was like, well, what else could I do? And it was like, well, you know, at the time, so you could try to lose some weight. You can try to change your diet. And I was like, oh, okay, great. And I remember walking out of that, I didn't know what I was going to do. And it took a year of lots of prayer, lots of crying, lots of frustration, because even though I didn't want to go that route, this other route wasn't even that easy because that wasn't the lifestyle that I was living. Um, and it's, it was a lot to get it going. And I remember, you know, I would just start by going for walks. And when I used to go for walks, my fingers would swell. Anyone who's dealt with high blood pressure, hypertension, you know, you try to exercise and I'm going to go do this thing. One of the t- telltale signs is these fingers start swelling and I would be like, oh my gosh, I might have a heart attack. So I'm going back home. So I would go back into the house. And, you know, and after a while I would go walking, those fingers stopped swelling. After a while, I changed that diet and my body started to release unnecessary weight. And so when going back in, it's like the high blood pressure and it's really not the disease left. It came, the, the my cardiovascular system began to balance itself out. And I was like, oh, She's loving on us. And I know I'm talking third person and personifying the body, but she's loving on us in a way that we needed to be cared for. Compiled with, I had to deal with the grief of losing my mother. That plays into what happens to us physically. And I don't know, I think now, like 
almost 14 years later since she's transitioned, we're talking more about those things. But 14 years ago, no one was talking about the fact that that grief and how that plays on how quickly your heart is working because everything you're thinking about neurotransmitters are moving around the body and the body thinks that there's distress when you're undergoing grief and it's going to do what it believes it needs to do to try to regulate. And so I'm telling my body something's wrong. And then on top of that, I was way heavier, wasn't eating right. All those things played into that disease that manifested and all of those things had to be addressed to regulate and to and for that disease to no longer be present in my body. Wow, like I said, y'all, powerful. She, ooh, she has some some. And this is only the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> when you um, when you first, I, I heard you say, you know, it, and it has things have completely transitioned from 14 years ago. You know, you got um, intermittent fasting. You have vegan. Uh, uh, I mean, just all the plant-based, the different um, ways of living. Because I don't, I don't call it a diet or a regimen. It's a lifestyle. What when you first started walking in this or walking in your um, your new lifestyle? What were like some of the first steps? Because we have a lot of people that want to to change and have and and walk in a, a healthier lifestyle but they just don't know where to begin. Wow. Um, I tried a lot of things, you know, Um, and I don't necessarily subscribe to one way or another because I think they all have benefits. But for me, I did pursue a plant-based diet, which I still continue to this day. Um, And so it's been over a decade that I have not consumed any animal byproduct. Um, I started also eating at home more. And it's not that, and again, 14 years later, of course, there's tons of smoothie bars and juice places and lots of businesses. And please support them, y'all, especially if they're small-owned businesses. Go support them. But at the time, you know, there was so much just junky stuff and you had no control over what was in food that you didn't make. And so I had to take control over what was coming into my body. Um, yeah. And then I, and I, and interestingly enough, I actually started to eat more smaller if that made sense. I was eating way more frequently, but it's like snacks, but it would be like carrots and hummus or sugar snap peas and just popping up in a bag. I had to change my palate because when your tongue is accustomed to oils and sugars and then you're like, oh, here's this. And it's like, well, that doesn't taste like anything. And there's a word that I um, teach people, satiety. And it may not be a word that people don't know, but it was a new word for me. There is a pleasure. Like when food, when you see food, or if you like grandma house and you smell something and the memories of it and the sal- salivating, it's just the whole experience before the food even touch your mouth. You have to now change what you're thinking to now change that response because it's like, this ain't hitting the way this other meal used to hit. and It's something that we've been given taste buds on purpose. We don't have to negate that they're there, but do we allow the tongue really to dominate? Because every other part of the body is going to relish in our healthy choices and our healthy eating, but the tongue has so much control. And I'm like, I had to retrain my tongue on what was pleasurable, what was beneficial. Um, So those are the the things that I had to do because I was eating a lot of things I shouldn't have been. Yeah. Talk to us a little, if you, if you don't mind, about detoxing. Oof. I'm like, <clears throat> how much time we got? Um, <laughs> so, no, actually, it's funny. I do a lot of not just conversation in the practice about detoxing, but also like I do a lot of videos. Um, anyone who follows me online, I'm always talking about detoxing. Because it's a it's a it's a buzzword, you know, it's a buzzword that companies use, people use, like, you need a detox. And then they have a detox waiting for you to grab, right? And then you're like, well, do I need it? What does that mean? Let's talk about the body. You have parts of your body that help with detoxification. So we talked about the liver and how it's helping to move out things. You have your kidneys. So your kidneys and your liver, <clears throat> they play into what's called your excretory system. They're helping to move things out. We also have our digestive system, all that fecal matter and poop that goes through the large intestine. That's detoxing. Your respiratory system, every time we exhale, you are detoxing. That's why it's important to take good inhalations in, good exhalations out, because it's helping to get things out. And I know the times and seasons and the mask, but when you can take a mask off, 
take some deep breaths because oxygenated blood travels all over this body and we need it. You know what I mean? You also um, detox the lymphatic system. And one of the ways that we support that is through our movement, through our exercise, through sweating. So we detox in so many different ways. You know, your body knows to get things out. There are even um, detox points on the bottom of your feet, which is why we do things like foot detoxes because the body knows to push things out. So it's not that our bodies are incapable. We just support support natural processes, but there's so many built-in things to these temples that help get things out that should not be there. Our job becomes not only to help, but to make sure that we aren't just dumping things in there, knowing that oh, the body can take care of that. So I'm just going to be reckless and irresponsible because after a while, you know, especially as we become certain age or we hear this term like adult onset, fill in the blank. It's not that that thing couldn't have manifested earlier. It's just that our vitality and our resiliency changes as we age. And so some of the decisions that we're making are starting to catch up with us. And so we want to be good to these bodies and not just push them to their max because we know that they can do things. So, Wow, that was that was a lot of education there, because I'll be honest, I'm one of those people and I, I don't know about you. Um, I'm thinking detox and like you said moving the feces out. I'm not thinking about, you know, taking the breaths mm-hmm. and, and things like that. All of that is detoxing. So I learned something extra new tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, how would you help a person that, let me see, what what question is in on my heart? Um, how would you help that person that doesn't want to change their unhealthy lifestyle? Like they know that um, they're living and, and, you know, that they're eating, they're consuming unhealthy things, but they want to, but then again, they want to continue to consume them. What are some ways that you could give them wisdom or how would you, you touch on that? That's a great question, Aya. Um, You know, as you were saying that I was reminded of the, 25, 26 year old girl who lost her mother, who took a year to start making changes. I think, you know, regardless of which industry you work in, but I happen to work in the health and wellness field, you have to view people through your own humanity. Um, And so that's the first thing. I got to check myself at the door before every appointment, before every phone call, before I reply to an email or an inbox inquiry, check your own humanity. So that's first. And then two, you know, my job is not to change people. My job, I am an educator. You know, my title says practitioner and that's what it's, you know, that's what it says on the door when you come in the office, right? <laughs> um, however, however, I'm an educator and I'm a, I'm a partner. And so wherever someone is, I'm meeting them where they are. And so if they can make one change that's going to help play into their wellness, then that's where we are. Now nah, I don't want to stop drinking. Well, are you willing to drink more water? All right, I do that. Then guess what? We're going to start drinking more water. And I just meet them where they are. And that's it. Because different people have different motivations, you know? And sometimes it has to be something severe. You know, that's why when I look back at, you know, though I miss my mother, I don't know what changes I myself would have made had that extreme situation. And it's extreme because there's some other history to it, but because I know everyone loss happens, but there's a whole story about my mother's transition, but it was a wake up call for me. And so if I'm dealing with someone and truth be told, most people who come to me and find me are close to their wake up call moment. I'm not so much a, um, a, a preventative stop on people's, you know, roadmaps and wellness maps. And I, and I get that, you know, I don't look at it like, oh, I get people from where they are working with them up to the wellness line. And then we work to maintain wellness, but I have no problem if someone is not willing to like drop 15 things because there's so much of our culture that's tied to the things that we do and undoing some of those behaviors that takes work. And that's fine. You know, do you, um, as far as like your mental state and your spiritual state, that is all combined into what you're, what we're walking through our journey. Yes. Tell us why that's important. Mm -hmm. Because some people would think I have this problem. The solution is to do something, whether it's just physical, 
and mm-hmm. that's going to just resolve it. Why is it important to think holistically mm-hmm. as opposed to just thinking of one part? Um, Brandon, again, great question. It's because that's, you know, our mainstream medical um, system, and I'm not, again, I don't have issues with it. A lot of times when we work in this field, people anticipate that we're antagonistic. It's not. It plays a part, but the part that it plays is very physical and very reactionary. When we think about who we are as a person, we're spirit, we're soul, and we're body. Um, And some people don't see themselves like that. So this is, you know, Akima speaking. Um, That's how I view myself. So when I look at another human being, though they may not be aware, I I have to teach them those things because I'll just, let's just go back to this liver. And I talk about the liver a lot because that's the thing my mother dealt with. So I'm like, my mind is so wrapped around liver things. But one of the emotions, right, that, you know, rise up in our soul that can be damaging to the liver is um, anger. And so sometimes when someone comes in, they're like, yeah, you know, my doctor's saying such such about my liver, you know, what can you do? And throughout the course of the conversation, you know, we talk about diet and food and supplements because I do all those things in the practice. But then it's like, is there anything you're angry about? And it's kind of like, hmm, well, what do you mean? And then we start to, and that may not happen in a first appointment. Sometimes it does and I welcome it. But also knowing you're angry about something, you also get defensive. And it may be something we have to walk into, but realizing that it might not be a dietary issue. It might be a heart issue, you know, and those things can also impact your physical health. And just, and to add to that, there's also things that we can do to support our emotional health that relate to diet and people don't realize that sometimes they just think I, have, I only have this one avenue this one route that I can take to support something that's manifested as a mental or emotional health and I'm also teaching them that no we've been literally given everything that we need to cover all of these areas but it's because we're multifaceted and that's why we have to address all of those things because we're more than just a physical body And that's so powerful that you say that because it reminds me, I remember a long time ago, I came in contact with a book and I can't remember the title of the book, but everything that you share was, um, and it was actually a a professional doctor, had his medical degree and everything. And he kept seeing the same patients coming in with symptoms and stuff. And, And at first he was like, okay, here's this medicine, here's this and here's that. But something spiritually starts speaking to him and said, start asking him about what's going on, mm-hmm. you know, and found out that there was connections between our emotions and how our body reacts to it. Mm-hmm. And I'm so happy that you're sharing this tonight because we want to remind people that a lot of times we want to get to the root right. cause of the situation, not just the stems and the leaves, uh, that's part of it. We want to address that. But when we get to the root, then we can start working on the best regimen that's going to really purify the things that helps the individual out, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, for example, for me, I know I have eczema. I never knew much about eczema. I just knew about certain things. But when I start reading the book and understanding that that ties into stress, it helped me to realize and understand there must have been in the season my mom was so stressed out that yeah. those toxins and everything eventually got into my system. Mm-hmm. So, of course, there was times when I was young where my eczema got all over me, not realizing that it was a lot of stress that I was in process of detoxing, too. You know, so this is very powerful that you're sharing and revealing that. Yeah. And I don't know if I can plug the book. I'm not the author of the book, but and it may not be the book you were thinking of, but there's a wonderful book called How Healing Works. And it's by Dr. Wayne Jonas. And he is a medical doctor, but he literally, he's he got it. He caught the epiphany that it was more than just the physical body. And so he actually wrote the book. It's really an appeal to um, the medical system that these people are more than just physical bodies. So it's called How Healing Works. Excellent book for anyone who's looking to, and, and it may be not the one you're that you were referencing, but it is a really good book. Well, that's another one I'm gonna add to my yeah, library. You'll add it to the library. <laughs> <laughs> and since this is Women's History Month, we're coming to an end of it. Um, and I'm not saying that this next question is not for men to plug, you know, to plug out because this is um, benefiting both women and men. But how important is women's health, Akima? 
This is another one of those like, how much time we got? Um, how important is women's health? So it's interesting that you say you tell men not to um, check out here. And I would, I'm going to echo that as well. No need for men to check out because men and women both ignore their health, health for different reasons why they do. So, you know, women get into beautiful, beautiful caregiver mode, which is beautiful. I love how we've been made and how we've been designed to love and care for others. But it's only out of the abundance of how I take care of myself that I can care for others. And so I think when we're thinking about authenticity and love, you know, it's like love God, love yourself, love your neighbor. Um, and yourself and your neighbor ain't got to be so far apart where it's like it's all about me and it's a little bit about you. It could be close, but I, I want an authentic experience with the people who are in my community that I want to express love to and that I want to do things for. But I think, you know, for women and wanting to share love but if you do that from a place of depletion, it's going to be inauthentic because I don't really have much to give to you um, or I'm not going to have I'm not going to be here long enough to give it to you. So I think as it relates to women, there's specific things around reproductive health and just that's not even that's some of the minutia. The broader stroke with it is that how we are our vents for most women, I won't say all emotionally. It's like you want to do it from your abundance. Take care of yourself. That whole, and I know people have heard this um, echoed before the idea of like, put your mask on first, but it's that idea. Like women, take care of yourself so that those who you are responsible for, accountable for, can get an authentic, genuine love because you've also taken care of yourself first. And you really mirroring for another generation on how to not get into that burnout because we know women in previous generations and that burnout of just doing and doing and doing and doing and doing to to their detriment um and it, it had been a norm i believe and i think that that needs to stop and i think that we need to um we do need to take care of self in order to be able to be there and take care of others you know i can't take care of any of the clients that walk through my door if i myself am not doing things for me first so Love that, love that. So yeah, and and like you said, it's not just for um, the women, even though we're featuring women for Women's Month, it's also for the men too. And I loved what you said that, you know, we have different reasons why we're not taking care of ourselves. You know, as far as women, we have our, our nurturing, loving side, you know, we're always taking care of our, our spouses, our children, our caregivers, and not really looking after and taking care of ourselves. And that's where God had convicted me. He was like, how can you be a caregiver for your parents or be there for your husband or, you know, your sister, your niece or whomever, if you're not taking care of yourself, how are you going to be able to, you know, take care of them? So Mm -hmm. um, it was an eye-opening experience for myself. So please tell us about Princess Akima Holistic Care. And you can take as much time as you need because you have <laughs> like so much. And um, you can even, if you want to dive into where God is taking you um, at this point and where you're going right now with school and classes and things like that, if you. if you would like to share that. Absolutely. So, so we talked about how, you know, mom passed. I healed some things in my body, you know, with lots of help and support and love. And then people started coming to me like, okay, so what's going on? Because, you know, you're losing weight. My skin changed. I think that's, and I don't know who's listening versus watching, but one of the biggest changes for me was actually my skin because my face and my neck and my chest used to be three different colors. Listen, anybody listening to y'all, y'all can co-sign because you know what I'm talking about. That whole, like, literally, it would be like the color of jet black, like my hair. And so after all that happened and people started coming to me, I was like, I was an English major in undergrad. I was like, I don't know nothing about the body. And I'm like, I don't be irresponsible. Start telling people, you should do this. You should do that. Or this is what I did. It'll work for you. So I went back to school and I just like, let me just. I just took a deep dive into everything. And so it birthed this practice that I started in a dining room um, in an apartment when we used to live, my husband and I used to live in Northeast DC. And this actually the same desk was in that dining room. (laughs) And then it went from there to stepping out to, you know, leasing commercial space, which I've been doing now for the last, I don't know, six, seven years. I'm really grateful, you know, for that. And what I do in the practice is I just, help people find answers to questions. That's really the, the the big kind of thing that happens because people reach out to me and they're like, can you help with 
And I mean, there's it goes from people who have cancer diagnosis, people who are dealing with eczema and high blood pressure. Uh, women come to me for infertility. I mean, just they're trying to figure out what's going on in their body and what is available to them to support, to help, to heal what's going on. And I hold their hand, partner with them and walk through um, teaching them about their bodies and then learning what their specific bodies need. Because the thing with holistic health, it's not, oh, same symptoms, same diagnosis, same plan of actions. That is not what we do at all. So I could come in and deal with you know, person A and person B, and they could both have things going on like with their immune system. But the reason why person A is all dietary and we got to take a different route, but person B, this immune system because it's high stress and we have to deal with that differently. And so really I have to learn people, you know? And so my gateway, my entry point that I always encourage my new clients to, um, to book with me is my natural health exam. You know, it goes anywhere from an hour and a half to two hours, which blows people's mind that they can sit with me. I mean, like literally I'm making tea. I have my diffuser on and we are going to have a whole conversation coupled with, I mean, I'm trained in a lot of traditional Chinese medicine modalities. And so I do things like iridology where I look at people's eyes. I look at people's tongue. I do skin analysis. And I do that because our bodies talk in a way that isn't always pain related. If you come in and say, oh, I have migraines, Akima, can you help? Or my stomach always hurts after I eat certain foods. Well, what about the things that aren't screaming? Is there something still wrong? Yeah. So it's always um, funny when I look at someone, I'm like, oh, you know, there's probably some things going on, like with the kidneys. And they're like, they just told me that my last physical, how'd you know? And I'm like, because your body is telling, but that's what I'm trained to do. And then, you know, from there, I'll build out protocols that can consist of professional um, Chinese remedies, um, different herbal compounds, body work. And honestly, some things I do at my practice, I refer people out as it's appropriate. You know, one of the things that I've learned over the years, is I'm not the be all end all. You know, I am a home base for most of my clients. They know they can always come and get an answer, but sometimes they got to go run to first base and then they got to come back and they may got to run to second base. I don't know why we're using the baseball analogy, but we're going to go with it. Um, and they just kind of have to go and get what they need, but they know they can always come back home and it's going to always be not someone just friendly and nice, but knowledgeable and competent to help you know, walk them through. And so I don't turn any client away. And I mention that because sometimes practitioners, you know, sometimes, especially when people get to like their end of term, because we're all going to make our transition. Some people don't want to do that. I will even hold someone's hand. I've had clients that I've been with them until their transition, because I want somebody to be with me <laughs> until my transition, because we're all going to make it right. And as, as much as we have peace in one realm, it's also frightening. And so I'm here for all of it. Um, um, and then there's tons of services that I do. I mean, I'll just kind of list some of those things out. Um, once people get that exam, you know, other things that they can come into the practice and get done. I do all kinds of detox protocols. One of my like most popular services, and it's really because it looks gross to people. And they're like, what is my stuff going to look like if I do these um, ionic foot detoxes where people put their feet in water with the machine and it literally gently, but it yanks um, toxins out of the body. Every time someone gets one, like my social media blows up because they are like, I got to take a picture and then they tag me and it turns into this whole thing. Um, I do um, reflexology. I'm certified to do that in my practice. And so reflexology is a practice of, um, you know, using different techniques and pressure points. I primarily work on people's feet. There's so much um, importance to the feet and they are super ignored. Most of us just barely lotion our feet most mornings or evenings. And we don't think about our feet for the rest of the day. And I work on people's feet and show them how that's connected to different organs and body systems in the body. Um, I do lots of spa packages because relaxation, like Vernon was alluding to earlier, on how that plays into health when the body is in a place of harmony, things begin to heal at a much more rapid rate. And so there's all kinds of little yummies that I do in the practice um, for women who may be dealing with things from like fibroids, endometriosis, um, fertility, just all kinds of wound things. I do lots of, lots of yummy things for the female reproductive system, including yoni steams in the practice. Um, yeah. So there's, and there's all these kinds of, there's all kinds of things that happen. And right now I am actually back in school. Uh, funny enough, getting my um, education to go for licensure for um, acupuncture. And that's another tr traditional Chinese modality that I just wanted to add on. I've been under the care of different acupuncturists over the years, and it has played a lot into my health and healing. And so for me, it's something that I wanted to add to the practice. 
Um, and then especially too, as I continue to age as a practitioner, it's something that I can do into my later years. And I know um, I'm younger now, but I'm still thinking about future. And as I, I don't ever want to retire, you know, I want to be able to be doing something for people. So I have to think about things that I can do as I continue to gracefully age. And so acupuncture has um, been of interest to me for some years. So I'm in school now to get certified, licensed. <laughs> I was just going to ask you for those who, because we know in reality, there's people who are listening right now who might be skeptical. Oh, yeah. (laughs) What advice would you give to those who are skeptical? Because sometimes people, I don't think it's necessarily skeptical. I think they just don't know. And they've been told certain things. But I know you have experienced that when you come in contact with clients. So what wisdom would you provide to those individuals and why it's important to be open minded Mm -hmm. versus closed minded? You know, it's interesting. And I'm not um, I am not disagreeing with you, but I think it's okay to be a little skeptical for something that's new. So that's my first thing. I think it's okay. This is new. I have questions about it. Like, you know, like who all over there? Like, it's, I think that that's fine. And I actually, as a practitioner, I'm very comfortable with the skepticism. I invite people to call me. You know, it's actually one of the things that I like, call me before you book, email me, like, let's talk. I encourage people to go to Google. You know, I have tons of beautiful um, Google reviews. You know, I actually have video testimonials on my website um, for from current clients who have sent me things over the years. And I'm like, are you okay if I share this? They're like, yep because you took care of my dot, dot, dot. So, you know, there's the witness, right? So that's where the client testimonials come in. There's the openness. I'll answer any question. And sometimes people will call and I'm like on the phone with them. And it's not like, oh, you get this 14 minute, 59 second uh, consultation that doesn't cost. And I'm hanging up at 15 minutes. Sometimes those consultations, they go on. People's health, this is serious work, you know? But I know that that person, even if they don't book something today. I might catch them three months down the line. They end up booking something at that point. So I answer questions freely. It's like freely things give to me. I freely give them back. And so if you are listening and you are skeptical about like holistic care, and there is a lot of, um, I'm going to use the word negative. This conversation has been so positive. I'm going to use the word negative for a second. There's a lot of negative stuff on the internet about a lot of the things that aren't mainstream medical. Some of that is because there are people that are making false claims. So I get that. And so I have to compete with people in my field who are irresponsible in their communication, you know, in the desperation to be successful. Sometimes people are saying things they shouldn't. So I'm working against that. And we're working against a system at times that does not financially benefit from people actually healing. And so I'm also working against that. And so in the midst of those two, I'm just the white ping pong ball going back and forth, but I don't mind because I feel like I've been built for this. And so I welcome it. I, I welcome the skepticism. I welcome questions. I welcome, you know, the I can't do a single race eyebrow, but it's, you know, whoever can do that. I welcome all of that because I've never had someone ask me a question I couldn't answer. I've never had someone come to me with the, well, what would you do? This is exactly what we would do. And then people make a decision because we got free will. Sometimes that free will takes them down here. But most times after they talk to me, I get a little notification. Oh, well, such, such just booked an appointment. So. Amen. 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 Yeah. Um, is there any advice that you would give to the listeners right now? Just anything mm. that's on your heart that you would really want them to know about? Yeah, um, love yourself and be kind to yourself um, is is really a resounding thing for me, you know. And I know I was speaking to that earlier about, you know, love God, love yourself, love your neighbor. But we spend so much time thinking about what we aren't, who we aren't, what we haven't accomplished, what we haven't done. And every minute is made up of 60 seconds and every you know, hours, 60 minutes. And I mean, you can go throughout your day with so much negativity. And after all those seconds and minutes and hours and days, weeks down the line, right? You have piled up so much gunk and now you're sick. (laughs) And now you've made yourself subject to a potential life that was never destined for you. 
So watch how you speak about yourself and, and even in your quiet speech. And when we're talking out loud right now, but we silently say things to ourselves all day. So that would be the thing that even in working through all the, you know, yeah, there's remedies and herbs and all those things, and they're great. They are only a portion. The words are medicine. And so I know a lot of times when people come to me, they know that they're going to be affirmed. That's why people keep coming back. And before they even take the thing that I might have put in their hand. They might not take that for hours. They get home and it says to take this after dinner and eating dinner for four hours, but they already are experiencing healing. What exactly did you just do? I spoke life. So speak life to yourself. Love yourself. That plays into your health and healing in such an important way, even more. I'm going to say it even more than some of the other, um, you know, remedies and protocols, you know, you got to got to watch what you say and watch what you're listening to, like what's being said to you as well. You know, safeguard your, um, your listening. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. So beautiful. And everything. <laughs> if anybody wants to learn more about you, your business, how to get connected, uh, can you share with the podcast family, how to get connected with you? Absolutely. Um, so my business name is Princess Akima Holistic Care. Akima is A-K-E-E-M-A. You can find Princess Akima on all social media platforms. So whether you're on Facebook or Instagram, TikTok, I have a YouTube channel, Princess Akima. That's just the easiest way. Um, princessakima.com is where you can go to find contact information as far as phone numbers, emails, um, contact forms, and to book any appointments. But Princess Akima is going to be the easiest way um, to find me. And anyone who wants to confirm credentials, you can also type that into Google and not only see reviews, but you can see all of my um, certifications, my provider ID, because I get that part too, because again, there are people out here just being reckless. I am not reckless, Samlin. <laughs> and, and just one last question, because we we do, we're all about relationships and marriage. Um, do you have uh, quite a few married couples that come in and uh, for your services? That's a great question. So I will tell you, and I don't have like the statistics in front of me. I didn't cue that up for this um, conversation. Um, when married couples come to me, it tends to be the wives come first and they go home and like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. And after like the fifth, oh my goodness, I get a husband that might, you know, either come with her or will come without her. And I actually do try to encourage that he come without her, right? Or that she come without him because there's just, not just for privacy, obviously you share everything with your partner, but the, the safety in just being able to like pull the mask down, share the vulnerabilities. Um, so I do, but it's not always together unless there's some sort of like physical limitation where that partner needed to be there. Now I do have some couples that do come together and I welcome it. I mean, it's not necessarily... The, um, the ideal, especially for that intake and that first appointment. But after that, if it works for their time, their commute to come in together, for sure. But I tend to get the wives come first and then there'll be a couple of times. And I, and I didn't speak to this earlier and forgive me, I'm just going to add this part in. The reason why men, so we talk about why women don't always come. The reason why sometimes men don't come is because if I'm true, being truthful, I don't know how much society cares about men's health, if I'm honest. There's such an expectation of men being perfect in a different way. You know, women are dealing with self-image and how we look, how we smell, you know, the, um, y'all can't see my hands, but y'all know what I mean. All the like 24, 26, 32, whatever those numbers are. So with men, it's like, you got to provide, you got to be perfect, you got to be strong, you got to be this, you can't cry, you can't be hurt, you can't, where can I go? And I tell my male clients, you come see me. You come sit in this office. Some of the men that I've been working with, I've been with them for years, years, and they continue to come and be fed just as much as the women, because this is a place where you don't have to be uber strong. I'm not looking for nothing from them. You can just come and you can just be, and it's safe for them to be there as well. And, and I welcome that. So I just wanted to add that on because I don't want... Um, we always think self-care and a lot of times that comes to women and, and, and we all have bodies that need self-care and they need extra loving. So I love that. That's why I said men do not tune out because it's mm -hmm. something there for you too. And the reason why I touched on that is because you want to share with the audience and Akima about um, 
why you and I go or why you like for me to go to the doctors with you? Oh, yeah, because in my experience, seeing men, sometimes we men uh, a lot of times keep things to ourselves. So, of course, when we come home and we may have gone to a doctor's appointment and we probably got some news, we're not going to share it. You know, we don't want to put no more pressure on we're thinking on our spouse or our families and things of that sort. And I walked through that. Your story attests this to me, too, because I went through that with my dad. And through my journey, I saw a lot of that. I thank God that the doctors at Walter Reed started inviting me in. They didn't go into details of my dad's health. But they just wanted to know, okay, he has somebody who is at home who is connected with him so that if anything happens, at least there's somebody there to get in contact with emergency and whatnot. It is not later on that I learned through the process of that, that I realized the importance that I have my wife there, one, to hold me accountable. Of course, God holds me accountable, but I need that accountability partner there as well. That's where love comes in. And then two, I know of her gift and talent in health, the way the terminology will sometimes roll out. Sometimes as black men, I'll be honest, when I would say something, it was kind of like, oh, brush it to the side. When it was said by her, it was like their ears tuned in a little more closer to it. And, oh, you're going to listen. <laughs> yeah. And that was something that my youngest brother, uh, who's a pastor, reminded my wife. She said, uh, he said that, I'm going to be honest with you, Anya, you might have to sometimes speak on behalf of your husband. And it's not that your husband can't speak for himself, right. but they're going to hear it out of you and taking in a little more better than him saying it. Because it's kind of like, eh, you know, until they realize, oh, he really knows his stuff. Mm -hmm. So I I appreciate that what you share because Mm -hmm. of the fact that I want to encourage our men who are listening and watching that, you know, we need to make sure to take care of the temple that God gives us as well, you know, and especially in this time period, because with the men in my family Mm -hmm. from the Meyer side, from the right side as well. But other men that I'm coming in contact with, there's a lot of men who are, you know, time is time. God says it's time is time. But there are some that I'm like, they've been warned about certain things and there were not warnings to say this is the end. There were flags to say, hey, you have time to take care of this if you're willing to. And I don't want us to continue to be silent. I think we can live a long, healthy life. We have seen examples in the Bible of many men who live long, healthy lives because they did just like Akima has shared with Mm -hmm. us tonight. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this is so wonderful. Uh, We're closing this out in the month. Uh, just to, and this doesn't mean that this topic is going to end. Yeah. You know, we're going to be bringing this topic back from time to time. And but we're going to also be hitting on some other topics along the way. And of course, you've been listening to Stronger Together, Closer to God podcast. We thank you, Akima, for being with us. Uh, we're going to just say a couple last things here. Uh, make sure you tune into the podcast. Uh, we have some fabulous women who share some wonderful knowledge that talked about those areas. And it's so funny because of the fact we talked about the mind. Yeah. Uh, we talked about the kidneys. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about the uh, the importance of the entire body. Cardiovascular. Cardiovascular. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about the holistic approach of doing things. This is divine. I just want to share that with everybody. This is a divine moment to really tune into ourselves. And just see where is God telling us with our health? Because that was one of the things also for us this year that God was saying, get your health in order. You know, get your mind, your body, your spirit, emotionally, mentally, get the house in order. A lot of times we think of that statement, get the house in order. We're thinking, oh, clean the house, make sure it's a physical house (laughs) or the physical church. God was talking about the body, The the temple. 
you know, and, and it's just so important of that. So make sure to keep in contact with Stronger Together, Closer to God. Um, at the end, you're going to hear how you can continue to be connected with us, um, as well as make sure that if you haven't done so, make sure, you know, I, I heard Kima say that you have opportunities to get connected and learn more about your body, learn about your health uh, from from the head down to the toe, you know, and all around. Learn about your body. It's a, you, you've been given a beautiful masterpiece by God. So let's learn about it and learn how to take care of it. Learn how we can make sure that we reciprocate that love, reciprocate those words to others that might encourage someone else to really turn things around with their temple. And so before we close, and then after we close, we will play, you know, our <laughs> usual outro. message, outro. Um, we always ask our guests if you can feel in your heart, if you're willing to, to pray for our audience. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, Father, thank you so much for this, um, for this time, for this opportunity, you know, for this dialogue, Lord. And thank you for allowing us to even record something that will outlive us, um, for allowing us to leave a mark, um, for allowing us to share the things that are on our hearts, Lord, things that you've burdened us with, things that you are allowing us to express, you know, as part of our representation of you here on the earth. We're just very, very grateful for it. I just want anyone that is hearing this, Lord, to just be filled with hope and to be filled with encouragement, regardless of what might be going on with any facet of their health. May they just be encouraged to know that one, that they can trust you, and two, that they know that there are answers to the questions in their heart, Lord. May they be bold and brave to pursue the things that you are calling them to do. And also with Vernon and with Anya, Lord, and what they're doing on this platform, just continue to bless them with all of the desires of their heart and all of the resources that they have need of, God, even things that they're not even aware. Thank you for being just a preparer. So even when we have limitations in our own mind, we don't have to be without. I thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Joining us on Stronger Together, Closer to God podcast. Please continue to join us weekly as we share godly wisdom and advice to you. If you have any prayer requests or would like to sign up for a free 30-minute consultation with us, drop us a line at s2c2gpodcast at gmail.com. And if you like what you're hearing, feel free to partner with us by clicking on the Partners tab on the website. The more you give, the more we can spread the word and help us to reach our vision of bringing one million married couples stronger together, closer to God. Feel free to check us out on our website at s2c2gministry.com. Until next time, peace and blessings to all of you. Joining us on Stronger Together.